Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 360. If you aren't willing to do something right, don't even start. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Andy Green. Andy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm strapped in. All right, great. I love it when my guests come to the show ready to go. (laughs) Andy Green owns Andy Green Sports and Vintage Race Cars in Savannah, Georgia. There, he and his talented team focus on pre-1972 European sports cars, race cars, American muscle cars, and classics. Their mission is service for enthusiasts by enthusiasts. Andy has worked on and around vintage classics for over 40 years with a special affinity for rare and older Ferraris. He's a vintage racer who's raced Formula Fords, sports racers, and royal race cars. So Andy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? All right, well... As far as my passion for automobiles, that started at a very early age. I was probably 13 or 14 years old when all that started. And like most kids my age, during that time period in the mid-Atlantic states, the big thing was drag racing. And uh, that was my first real interest in racing was was drag racing. Of course, it started out on the street and quickly moved to safer uh situations on, you know, at sanctioned drag strips. Sure. Uh, I eventually moved my way up to a crewman on a top fuel dragster and uh, competed in that. And then while I was going to college and uh, what the year I graduated from college, I met a guy at actually at the races that had a Ferrari garage. And I went to his shop just to take a look around and he asked me if I wanted to work there. And I said, well, you know, I'll work here for a little while before I start my career as a as a industrial arts teacher. And uh, when I walked in, the place was filled with just amazing, amazing Ferraris and Ferrari race cars, really rare stuff, prototypes. There was a Formula One Ferrari in there, a 512M, you know, you name it, it was in there. Wow. And I decided I've got to work here. Yeah. Know, it is a short <laughs> period of time. So my profession really started there. Yeah. You know. In, in cars. That was where it became, it's, it went from, you know, being an enthusiast to being a profession. 
Sure, absolutely. And obviously, all that training and the work and the time you spent there led up to you opening your own shop, which is really cool because you got the hands-on training and got to be paid to do it. So uh, life couldn't be much better than that. And we'll hear a little bit more about what you're doing now and hopefully a little bit about these Ferraris you got to play with as we move along. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and success, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Andy, take the wheel. Okay. Actually, my first inspirational quote came from my dad very early on. I was still a little kid, and my dad was a real hands-on kind of guy. He taught me how to use tools. Uh, We very rarely had anybody fix anything around the house. He, He always did it himself. And I always used to help him, and he said, uh, he told me from the beginning, he said, if you aren't willing to do something right, don't even start. <laughs> and he said that over and over, and I, it just became, like you said, a, a mantra. Yeah. And uh, I remember that to this day. Every time I think about maybe shortcutting a little something on my own cars, I certainly don't do it on, on customer cars, but sometimes when I'm working on my own stuff, I say, ah, you know, maybe this will be okay. And it never is. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, Dad's voice keeps ringing in your ear. Dad's voice comes back every time I, I do that. So, yeah. Well, it. what a great mantra to pass down to you and uh, definitely is the way to do things. Uh, like you said, you're dealing with people's cars for racing and on the street. You got to do everything right. So uh, I love that. It's a great mantra, a great quote. You talked about growing up in a family with a dad who shared things with you and taught you how to do things. But do you remember a time in your life, that pivotal moment, when you really knew you were a car guy? Oh, yes. Uh, I remember it vividly. I was 13 years old. And uh, up until that time, I was interested in, you know, in kid stuff. And I had to go out and get the, the mail one day for my mom. And I walked outside, and the mailman didn't have the regular mail truck uh, that day. He had driven his, his personal car, which was uh, an old Plymouth Barracuda. It was bright red with Krager mags and headers, and it was all modified and I remember I just stopped dead in the driveway and looked at this thing and went, wow, what is that? <laughs> and um, I was all over the car and asking him questions and I was just taken with the thing and went back in the house and realized I hadn't even gotten the mail. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> and from that moment on, I, I said, no, one of these days I want to have a car just like that. Yeah. So, wow. Well, what a mailman. Yeah. Very cool for a mailman to be driving that car. When I was a kid, my parents, we went out looking for a new car, and I remember looking at a Barracuda, and I remember my sister and I laying in the back with that long rear window with all that glass, looking up at the stars, going, yeah, mom, yeah, dad, buy this. This is cool. And (laughs) they ended up buying Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser instead. Probably probably made more sense for a family. But And I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad that wanted the, the Barracuda. And the other one was going, this is totally impractical. It's only got two doors, and how are we going to get the kids in? And, you know, yeah, the Barracudas are very cool. That's a great story. I love that one. So, Andy, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl into the hood, get our hands a little dirty, certainly something you're used to doing, and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this question is, how did you overcome that situation, and what did it teach you? Okay. I was working for a Ferrari specialist just outside of Washington, D.C., and um, he was uh, he was very good with what he did as far as uh, Ferraris. Uh, he was a horrible businessman, 
And um, I found out much later that he wasn't particularly ethical either. Oh. And um, he got into legal trouble. And unfortunately, it was, it was time for me to leave. I had to uh, make a decision either to go work for somebody else or go off on my own. And it was a shame because I knew that there were cars in there that I would never have a chance to to work on again. And uh, I had customers that uh, if I if I just left, you know, were, were not going to come out whole. Mm-hmm. So after a lot of introspection, I decided to open my own shop and contact some of these customers that uh, had been hurt and try to make them whole again. And that was uh, that was a great decision. I, I moved to Savannah, opened a, opened a shop here. And a lot of those customers followed me and were very loyal to me for years after that. And uh, it was tough. It was uh, I, I moved down here. I had no money to open a business. I had to borrow everything. It was it was a real struggle, but it was well, well worth it. And if he hadn't run into legal trouble, I may never have opened my own business. So, wow. um, you know, I turned a, a bad situation around, which was just because I had to. Really. Yeah, well, it's a great story, and I really appreciate you sharing that very personal and, and challenging time in your life with us. But it tells the listeners something really important that, you know, there's always a way to pivot. There's always a way to move into a positive direction. And when you find yourself in a bad situation like that, move away from it and try Absolutely. to turn uh, lemonade from lemons, if you will. So we're all yeah. so happy, and so are your customers, that you did that and that you've been uh, taking care of those customers ever since. Great lesson there. Let's shift yeah. gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and illuminated your way for this new idea, this new direction you had, and tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Okay. I was uh, already working here in Savannah, and I was in a, a rented building, a uh, rented warehouse space, and if if you haven't been to Savannah, it gets really hot and humid in the summer here. <laughs> so I've heard. Uh, it's beautiful, but uh, yeah, the summers can be pretty brutal. Yeah. And this rented space, it had a garage door and a walk-in door in the front, but it, it had no rear door. There was no cross ventilation, and it was just brutal in the summer working in there. And I finally got so frustrated, I, I just decided I'm going to make a decision to either go work somewhere where it's not humid mm-hmm. <laughs> or I was going to stay in Savannah and build my own building that had, that was air conditioned and, you know, build it the way I want it. Right. Um, I really wasn't sure which way to go. And, uh, I went on a job interview out in Colorado with a guy that had a big collection and uh, great reputation. And I was talking to him and, you know, I was throwing around ideas. I had some ideas of how, you know, he could improve things and what I could add to his business and, I thought it was going great, and he interrupted me right in mid-sentence, and he said, around here, we do things my way. <laughs> and I did, uh, in my head, I did a 180-degree turn. I, that moment, I knew I was going home, building my own building, yeah. and going to you know, make it the way I wanted finally. I was going to work in a shop where everything was where I wanted it to be. Yeah. And that's when the switch got turned. And I did. I built a 10,000 square foot building and air conditioned it, you know, the painted floor. Everything was laid out the way I wanted to. And I'm so happy that I went in that direction rather than go to work for somebody else. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I realized yeah. that, you know, it. I, it <laughs> working for somebody else and being told what to do wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. Well, you know, good for you for recognizing that because so many people take the so-called safe route 
And yes. well, I'll have employment, I'll have some security. But you know what a lot of people find out later is there's not a lot of security. You may think there is, but there's about as small amount of security working for somebody else as there is working for yourself. And if you're going to put in all that effort and time, you might as well be doing it for yourself so that, as you said, you can do it your way, which in your case was the right way. Yeah. Awesome story. Love that. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many. You've got to work around so many awesome cars. I'm sure you've worked on cars that have gone off to racetracks and Concours events. But is there one sure. moment in particular that stands out for you? I've been thinking about that because you're right. I mean, there were there were quite a few moments that I was really proud of, certainly you know, building and finishing the building was a proud moment. But I think that really the proudest one was I had, when I built the building, I, I hired uh, three or four guys to come work for me. I had a full crew and I set a goal. We were heavy into vintage racing at that point. And I had already bought Royale race cars. And no, I'm sorry, I hadn't bought Royale race cars yet, but I did have quite a few Royales in the shop that we were taking care of. Mm -hmm. And I told my guys, um, we set a goal that we were going to win a the HSR Vintage Endurance Championship. I had uh, a customer that had the right car. He had the funds to do it. I had the crew. We had the facility. And I went to the, the customer. I went to my crew and I said, let's just make the commitment and plan to get this done. And it actually, we finished, the first year we finished second in the championship. We got really close. Yeah. And then I said, let's, you know, I, I convinced the customer to hang in there with me one more year and said, I know we can win it. You know, I know what it's going to take to get get this done. Sure. And we did. And my crew guys were in it 100%. They put in a big effort, and um, we, we won. Um, and it was – I remember being so proud of them and, and myself and the, and the business and, and the customer. It was just a great moment. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, racing is, oh, my gosh, up and down, trial and error. And uh, the fact that – I mean, even the first year you guys – took a second is really tremendous and to come back and do it again and then come in first fantastic congratulations thank you let's have a little bit of fun here what was your first really special car and if you could share a memory with our listeners that you have with that vehicle well the uh remember the story about the mailman with the barracuda oh yeah <laughs> yes i spent two years let's see from 14 to 16 i spent two full summers painting houses and squirreling money away so that I could buy my first car, which was the 67 Plymouth Barracuda Fastback. All right. Cool. That was my first special car. And uh, the interesting story about the backstory behind that, my dad, when I turned 16, he was he was very proud. He said, I'm going to, uh, I have a car for you. And I said, really? He says, yeah, I'm going to, uh, it's a Volkswagen Squareback. <laughs> and I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> he said, no, you you don't understand. I, I, you don't have to buy it. I'm giving it to you. And he said, no, you don't understand. I don't want it. Oh, goodness. So um, he, he said, why? I said, well, I'm buying a Plymouth Barracuda. And oh, my God, he gave me a thousand reasons why that was like you. Of course. So impractical. And, you know. Yeah. But I had to have it. So uh, that was my first really special car. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. And it, it was great that your dad understood that, you know, that yeah. you – you wanted to work hard to get what you wanted, and I'm sure you were not looking a gift horse in the mouth in that case. Uh, really nice, because many parents would go, well, you ungrateful little, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's really great that he did that for you. You know, my first car was a 67 Chevy Nova, and my neighbor up the street owned a Chevy dealership. And 
Now, it wasn't the cool one. It wasn't the two-door cool one with the big motor. This was a four-door granny car. Oh. Yeah, well. But they were still really good-looking cars. It was a great car, you know. In fact, I just posted a picture of it on my Facebook page the other day because I found an old print of it. But he called my parents and said, hey, I know Mark's turning 16. Uh, what are you going to do about a car? And my parents said, well, we were going to you know, match whatever funds he had. And he goes, I've got this great car. So we went down to City Chevrolet in San Diego. And I'm thinking, ooh, Camaro, Corvette, this is going to be cool. <laughs> not quite, not quite. <laughs> so uh, I did buy that car because it was only $300. And oh, it was yeah. a great car, low mileage. And uh, you know, it was perfect first car for a young kid. But within a year, I'd sold it and bought a Carmen Ghia. Ooh, are- yeah was having fun with that car as my poor man's Porsche. So, <laughs> But I love sure. your Barracuda story. Your, your first car is way cooler than mine, <laughs> definitely. Is there a vehicle that you've let go in your life that you really wish you had back in the garage, that seller's remorse story? Yeah. After I sold the Barracuda, I built a 69 Camaro convertible. When I say built, when, uh, when the tow truck dumped it in front of my parents' house, <laughs> the rear axle was in the trunk. It was gray primer. There was no engine in it. You know, it was it was a project. Yeah. And um, I built it all. It was black, black top, Z28 hood. It was roll bar. It was really a cool car. And I set it up like a, a road race car. Uh-huh. And um, I just loved the car. I drove it all through college. Then um, I sold it because I bought my first house. I, I moved in with my girlfriend, and it was time to get something more practical, something I could get uh, – uh, yard stuff. You know, I needed a little pickup truck, really. Sure. To work on the house. So yeah. I sold the Camaro, and oh my God, I wish I had <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the sacrifices we make. <laughs> yeah. 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 The way Pretty it much. goes. How about yeah. current projects? I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about what you guys do there at your shop, and if there's uh, perhaps a current project you're working on right now that really has you guys fired up and excited. Yeah, right now, as a matter of fact, uh, today before you know we did this interview, I was working on uh, the engine in a 1954 Ferrari 500 Mondial. Oh, um, wow! This, yeah, it's a great car. And this is a car uh, the customer goes to the, the Mill Amelia with this car. We've gone the last two years, and uh, his name is Toby Bean. He's uh, from Lafayette, Louisiana. Great guy, terrific vintage racer, very fast, really super nice guy. And, um, you know, I enjoy working on uh, his other Ferraris, you know, and his other cars. But this car is really special. I mean, it competed in the original Mille Amelia. We're getting it ready uh, for, for next season. So I am, over the winter, I'm going to be rebuilding the engine and doing whatever it takes to get it ready for next year. So That car, have I seen that car on the lawn at Pebble Beach? Yes, it was on the lawn at Pebble Beach. Let's see, the previous owner was uh, Mr. Tilly. I think it was in his hands when it went to Pebble. Yeah, okay, I know that car, yeah. 0418 is yeah. the serial number. Yeah. yeah, oh, wow. Neat car. That is a beautiful, beautiful Ferrari, and I love the fact that Toby drives it. He uses it, you know? It doesn't sit it. In- yeah, and he knows how to drive. I mean, he he really hoofs it in the car, so uh, it's got to be right. It's not. This is not a show queen. This is uh, everything's got to be mechanically right. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Now, you guys in your shop there, uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about all the different services that you guys provide. Okay. Well, like you were saying, we we specialize in vintage sports cars, collector cars, and uh, vintage race cars, mostly pre nineteen seventy two. 
We do work on uh, modern Ferraris, you know, Ferraris of all years, because that's been a specialty of mine since since I was in college. Mm -hmm. And that's, I've got, you know, so much experience with that mark. But like you said before, we really work for enthusiasts. I mean, if a guy really loves his car, you know, he's got a home here Mm -hmm. um, because we feel the same way. But we do uh, everything from total restorations to an oil change, you know, on, on these cars. I do all the mechanical restoration here in-house. And then we have a couple of painters that uh, work with us to do body and paint work. We don't do any body and paint work here. It depends on whether somebody wants just a driver quality or whether they want a show car. You know, when I use different painters for yeah. different applications. Absolutely. And then I've got a, a guy that uh, does gorgeous upholstery work. Uh, he works for uh, Gulfstream Aerospace here in Savannah, and he does the interiors to the uh, airplanes, and he does our upholstery work. Wow. Very nice. Well, so if I brought you a car, anything from a basket case, you could bring it back to life, or a race car where you could build tubs and get me race ready for the track. And you also do trackside services where you do more or less a ride and drive for people? I used to. I had a whole crew. I had a tractor trailer, you know, that we did uh, track support. I decided, you know, there's only so much you can do. And I wanted to do more restorations, and I, so I had to give up the track support part. Mm-hmm. And it worked out fine because uh, in my building, over half of the building is leased out to Ted Wentz of Savannah Race Engineering. Oh, okay. And they do track support uh, and take people to the races. So we've got you know that facility available, and those guys are great. Like I said, I, you can't be everywhere, and every time we went to the races, the shop would be idle. Yeah. So I I, just, I had to give up that part of it. Yeah. Well, many times it's best to focus on one specialty and become well-known right. for that. So it sounds like you made a, uh, a right move there. Now, here's yeah. a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind <laughs> of car would you be and why? Oh, boy. There's a lot of cars I would like to be. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot but, of cars we'd all like to be. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm being... Totally honest, I, I would I would imagine I would be a vintage pickup truck with a big toolbox in the back. Hey, there you go. I like that. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would be me. Well, you know, it makes sense with what you do. Okay, so let's narrow this down a little bit and have a little more fun with it. What mark of vintage pickup? Well, that's easy because I have one. I have a 1953 Studebaker uh, pickup truck, half-ton pickup, and I just love it. Awesome. Every time I drive it, there's a smile on my face. It's awesome. Funny. I'm so glad I asked you uh, that question because I knew there was probably something behind that answer that uh, <laughs> that we'd want to know a little bit more. An old Studebaker. Very cool. Very cool, unique pickup truck. Well, Andy, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. 
Use discount code CARSYEAH20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CarsYeah.com slash sponsors. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Andy, we're back, and we're entering the last lap. You've been on the track. You know what that means. The white flag is out. It's time for me to fire off some questions and have you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Go ahead. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Actually, it was from a guy that had a race engine building shop down the street from us in Maryland. And I was telling about some crazy idea for a project I had when I was in my 20s. And he just looked at me and said, Andy, the most valuable thing you have is time. Don't waste it. <laughs> yes. And that really, that was the best automotive advice I ever got. Yeah, it's a great advice for life in general. Definitely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Yeah, and I um, this, this works over and over for me. Whenever I approach something that's not working, whether it's here in the shop or whether it's you know in my personal life, it really doesn't matter, but I usually mostly in work, something's not working that used to work. First question I ask is what has changed? Mm. So often I see guys, you know, something is not working and they dive in and they start changing parts. They say, well, you know, a friend of mine had the same problem and he did this and it worked. And I said, wait a minute, this thing used to work fine. Now it doesn't. Yeah. What has, what has happened between then and now? And that usually gets me right to the cause of the problem. Every time I, I ask that question before I start. Perfect. Perfect for in the garage advice there, listeners. Listen yeah. to Andy. Ask yourself what has changed. How about a resource? Is there one resource in particular you think the Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy? Really, my biggest resource is the internet. You know, I, I go to that constantly for people that can help me, answers to questions. There's so much on the, inter, uh, the internet, but the... Uh, there is another resource that I'd like to introduce uh, to um, your listeners. Yes. I've been working with uh, a company in Hong Kong called Blackbird Automotive, and they have this amazing facility they've been put to- putting together in Hong Kong. There's nothing else like it, and I've gone over there several times to, uh, to help them with some of their uh, old Ferrari race cars. They have an automotive journal called Blackbird Automotive, and it's beautifully done. The photography, the articles, uh, the resources in there are just gorgeous. They they were a magazine publisher, uh, for, you know, for years before that, and they decided to go into the uh, collector car, vintage automobile end of it. And it's they've done a ma- magnificent job. And 
I think uh, anybody that's into cars that would check out Blackbird Automotive would be uh, very surprised. You know, I've had one past guest throughout all my 360 guests now. You're my 360th. One other guest that recommended them, and oh my gosh, yeah, that what they're yeah. doing is absolutely incredible. It's very cool. And then and they built it from nothing. I mean, they, they don't have the infrastructure automotively that the United States has. Right. So it's really remarkable what they've done. Yeah, absolutely great. Great resource. And how about a book? Is there one book in particular you've enjoyed that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, anybody that's interested in racing or working on race cars, and I tell this to every young man that's come to work for me as, as a shop helper, as a journeyman mechanic, so step one, get Carol Smith's book, Tune to Win. Hmm. Read it cover to cover, memorize it, and then move on to his other books. It's an invaluable resource. He did an amazing job with that. Yeah, great, great books. Well, I appreciate you recommending that. And listeners, you can find links to this resource and all the resources Andy has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Andy Green. Or just put Andy in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. And there's a great section in the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books with easy links to all the books and a place to go and purchase them. So check that out. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Yeah, it's... um. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, the interesting thing is most of them have to do with something in the outdoors, mm-hmm. which is a nice break from machines and engines and noise and smoke and <laughs> other stuff. Oil and exhaust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, not that I don't, I'm not completely passionate about that, but I like to surf. I like to go out on, on my boat. I like to go out in the water. We're right here, you know, on the coast. So uh, anything that has to do with being outdoors, I love. And, uh, I love art. Just basically uh, being outside, even if it's just digging in the dirt in my yard. I mean, just being out in nature is is really a great release, a great uh, distraction for me. Yeah, I found that those times are also great times for you to kind of mull over challenges you have with your business or maybe a project you're working on. And it's kind of working back there in the back part of your skull while you're relaxing. And uh, you can find a lot of answers that way. So very cool. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, we're up to the checkered flag, Andy, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'm going to write the check, <laughs> what would that one vehicle be and why? Wow. Well, you're going to have to write a big check. I was afraid of that for a guy who's been working around Ferraris for 40 years. I better, let me, let me get this big golfer's check out, the really giant <laughs> one, you know? <laughs> I did a, a mechanical restoration on a 250 GTO years ago, mm-hmm. and I got a chance to drive it and really get to know that car and spend time with it, and it would have to be that. I mean, it was just just as an object of art, uh, aside from a car, it's, it's perfect. Uh, yeah. There's not a bad line on that car. I, I would stop working on it uh, at the end of the day and just look at it. Yeah. And then when you dr- actually drive one, it's just almost sensory overload. The, uh, <laughs> the way it sounds and feels, it's like a living thing almost. Yeah. Uh, it would have to be that. I mean, I, I don't think I would ever get tired of that. You know, the Ferrari 250 GTO and the 250 SWB Ferrari are the two yes. most asked for cars here on Cars. Yeah, I'll have to go back and do a little mathematics and see which one has won out, but... Uh, Definitely a beautiful car. I've never had the pleasure of driving 
a GTO. I've driven a 250, but uh, oh my gosh, I've got to play with one. I got to photograph one for a day and sit in it and be around it and look it over. And you're right, it is a work of art. Everyone I know who's ever driven one has said just what you said, just magnificent street and track car, perfect combination. So all right. Well, I'll get to work on that, huh? That's going to be yeah. a tough one. <laughs> Let me know how that works. Yeah, I think there's what maybe only 22 or 23 of those in the world, something like that. I had the pleasure of being at Laguna Seca when they had pretty much every one of them there racing around yeah. the track. And oh, my gosh. So let me ask you this. We'll go one step further. What color would it have to be? Oh, it would have to be red. Red. Okay, cool. That's e- That makes it easier. There's a lot of red ones. If you were going to say green, I was going to have to get that one car that was at right, Amelia right. Island last year or this past year. And, oh, it's a lot harder to talk one guy out of a car than maybe, you know, <laughs> 20. But um, I'll get to work on that right away. No, I'm going to make it easy for you. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. No you, you're making it really easy. Oh, there goes my kid's inheritance. Right. <laughs> well, Andy, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you race off down the track in that 250 GTO? Yeah, um, this is something I learned from racing, but it applies to um, any endeavor, really. Before you can succeed at anything in life or, or win a race, whatever it is you're attempting to do, the first thing you got to do is believe that you can win. Hmm. And that sounds pretty simplistic, but it's it's actually very literal. I remember the first race I ever won. In Formula Ford, for some reason that day, I said, "This is my race. This is today is it. This is this is my day." Up until then, I'd been on the podium, I'd gotten close, but I never really won. And you have to believe a hundred percent that today's the day you're going to win. And if you don't go into business or if you don't go into any great endeavor in life without totally believing that you can, your the outcome is going to be a success, it won't be. So. Yeah, that's that's what I got for you. Well, it's a great saying. It reminds me of that great saying by Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wonderful saying. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Best way is our, our website, AGSVRC. It's, you know, stands for Andy Green Sports and Vintage Race Cars.com. Yep. We have a website. We also have a Facebook page. Same thing, AGSVRC on Facebook. And uh, also uh, on our website, there's a link to a video that was done by a really an ex- very talented uh, independent filmmaker named Fraser Sport that um, it's called The Caretaker. And it really says everything about our attitude and our philosophy towards uh, what we do. And it's got some great shots of the shop and some of the cars we work on. Again, it's on Petrolicious, and it's called The Caretaker. Yes, I've watched that video. It is absolutely spectacular. I love it. Right. So so listeners, again, you'll find links to everything Andy's been so kind to share with us today at CarsYad.com. Just put Andy Green, and his last name is like mine, G-R-E-E-N-E, in the search box. His show notes page will pop up with links to his site, to the video. So you can enjoy everything and learn more about what he's doing. Andy, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) Well, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. 
Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!